Hi, I'm Justin Hopkins. And I'm Richard Reinhardt. And we want to thank you for taking the time to join us for this time of study as we look to see what the Spirit has to say about Himself in the Scriptures. Thanks for joining us again for the Spirit According to the Word. It has been several weeks since we have been able to record. It's been eventful. There's been COVID quarantining and exposure and travel and different things that have in one way or another kept us from it. So we appreciate your patience with that. Well, we're back now. <laughs> we are, and we are all well. So praise God for that. Hopefully uh, you are well too. So this week, as we pick up where we left off, we're going to take a look at uh, some often misunderstood topics in regards to the Holy Spirit as he reveals himself in the New Testament. And so uh, we're going to begin by talking about the Spirit and his relationship to prayer. And one of those is the idea of praying in the Holy Spirit. And there's, there's two passages that talk about this. And so we'll begin first in the book of Jude, verses 19 through 21. Of course, Jude only has one chapter. Jude, verse 19 says, These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit, but ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Now, the King James here in verse 19 and 20 puts the word thee before spirit and Holy Ghost and capitalizes spirit and Holy Ghost. What about the new King James there? It, it would be the same in the New King James, Holy Spirit is capitalized in verse 20. Uh, both of those words, Spirit is capitalized in verse 19, and the word the is before both of those instances. So in the original text, the definite article of the word the does not occur in either of those places. And of course, the capitals are added by the translators. So it uh, simply says, These be they who separate themselves sensual, having not spirit, but ye, or y'all, uh, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in Holy Spirit. And so the question is, is this the Holy Spirit that these don't have in verse 19? And in verse 20, are we praying in the Holy Spirit, or are we praying in a Holy Spirit? So we'll start with verse 19. This is a bit of a, a challenging text. Of course, Jude, remember from verse 3, he had wanted to write of the common salvation. Uh, a lot of times I wish that we had that epistle. Uh, you know, he, he wanted to write of the common salvation, but instead it was needful to write and to exhort to earnestly contend for the faith 
which was once delivered unto the saints. It's interesting that he had the need to do that. This is kind of off topic, <laughs> but, you know, to contend for the faith, that was necessary in the first century. And, of course, you see that in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 10, too, where Paul pleads with them to be of the same mind and that there be no divisions. Well, it's not much different today, is it? There's there's a lot of division today and, and a lot of different versions of of faith in Jesus, but Jude says it's the faith. And, and, and on the note of division, verse 19 in, in the New King James is a little bit different. It says these are sensual persons who cause divisions not having the Spirit. Um, just thought I'd point that out really quick. Ooh. So, so the King, New King James says there they cause division. Yes. Interesting. Well, that, that, that does weigh in on that, doesn't it? So here's the idea. And this is going to weigh in a little bit, actually, on uh, a future episode dealing with the contrast between spirit and flesh. And so here in verse 19, it says, These individuals are uh, sensual. And so that word uh, sensual is, uh, this carries the idea of that which is animated from from this world, or earthly or, or beastly, if you will. Uh, that particular word only occurs six times in the New Testament. And it's interesting to note, uh, it occurs six times in four contexts. It occurs here in James chapter 3 uh, as... Our Lord's brother talks about where there's envy and strife, that that wisdom, he says, descends not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. And the other place that it occurs is in the book of 1 Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we find it in verses 44 and 46, where Paul compares the natural body with the spiritual body. The natural body is what's planted in the ground. The spiritual body is what's raised. The natural body is what lives in this world. The spiritual body is what can inherit immortality and go to heaven to be with God. And, and so there's a contrast there about that. And of course, dealing with the body of the resurrection and all of that, that's an entirely different topic. So we're not going to go too far down that rabbit trail, are we? <laughs> There's too many other rabbits to follow the trail of. <laughs> so then our other context is one that we've covered in a previous episode, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And there, as uh, Paul is talking about uh, the things that uh, they speak, verse 13, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. And it says that the natural man, that is the sensual man, same word, does not receive the things of the Spirit of God because they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. And the contrast, he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. And, of course, one of the things that we pointed out, chapter 3 and verse 3, uh, Paul says that y'all are yet carnal because there's envying and strife and division. Of course, James says that wisdom is sensual. 
And so the Christians there at Corinth were carnal or sensual or natural in the way that they were thinking, which is why there was envy and there was strife and there was division and why they were not understanding these principles that Paul was writing to them. Because they were thinking with a worldly mind rather than a spiritual mind. Yes, brother. So coming back to Jude verse 19, where it ends with that phrase, you know, not having the spirit or um, not the spirit, having not the spirit in the King James Version, could we be talking about a spirit of holiness in this verse? Yeah, I, I, I think so. Or at least as, you know, being sensual as opposed to having spirit, you know, being, you know, being fleshly mind or spiritually minded. How are they thinking as they approach these things? And uh, so Jude here is saying they're not thinking spiritually. They're thinking uh, with a carnal mind, with wisdom that does not come from heaven. Uh, and that's why they're causing division. Uh, that's why they're, they're, they're causing that, that separation. And, and there are those mockers in verse 18 uh, that were, were foretold. You know, that, that rendering in the King James Version, who separate themselves, that's kind of a sobering thought, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and, and that's always, if there's division that's caused, who, who moved? It, right. wasn't, it wasn't God. And, and any time that, you know, people cause division, cause separation in religion, uh, somebody is moving away from truth. Maybe we all are. Uh, certainly, you know, we need to always, when there's division, be willing to look in the mirror, look at ourselves, look into that perfect law of liberty, and ask, am I the one who has moved away from truth? And that's, that's important to be able to do that, because we want to be sure that we stand with, with God that we have that spiritual mindset as opposed to that sensual or carnal mindset. So that's verse 19. Now verse 20. Uh, and so we're commanded to do two things here. Number one, build ourselves up on the most holy faith. And as we grow in faith, grow in knowledge, and we build ourselves up, that, that's good. We can do that, right? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. I know how to build myself up in faith. I know how to build you up in faith, right? Yeah, and, and, you know, the interesting thing here is the word your, your most holy faith. You know, that takes us back to verse 3, I think. Uh -huh. You know, beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all delivered, to the saints, the faith, the faith was delivered to the saints, to us, to members of the church. Mm -hmm. We have it now. And so now you get a little bit further down into verse 20, and it references your faith. Yeah, so don't just contend for the faith. Make it your own and grow in that faith. Absolutely. And then you come to the back half of this verse, praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, the definite article's not there, and here's the question. How do you pray in the Holy Spirit? I'm not really sure how to do that. 
Now, I've, I've got some friends who are charismatic, who believe in modern-day miracles and those things, and they talk about praying in the Holy Spirit, and usually that involves speaking in tongues and, and, and some other things. And, of course, we've talked about that in a previous episode, about uh, miracles and their purpose and their time, and those things have ceased. So we can't do that. Well, and, and don't we want to be careful as to how we understand this phrase so that it doesn't contradict any other portion of God's word. You know, we read elsewhere that Jesus is our mediator, so we pray to the Father in the name of the Son. And so I have that same question that you just asked, <laughs> how do we pray in the Holy Spirit? Now, I don't know, but consider this alternate reading, which is a valid translation, praying in a Holy Spirit, or praying in a spirit of holiness. Is it possible to pray without having a spirit that's holy, without having a proper mindset? Absolutely. And so is this maybe a command, when you go to God in prayer and do that, pray without ceasing, right? First Thessalonians chapter 5. Uh, but when you do that, approach God in the beauty of holiness. Approach Him having first reflected on your own condition and ask for forgiveness for those sins and and done what Jesus talked about in the Sermon on the Mount. If, if you have a brother that has something, leave your gift there at the altar and go be reconciled. Then come back and, and, and worship God. You know, we don't want to be like the guy that went up to pray and he says, I thank, I thank you that I'm not like that person over there. You know, when we approach God in prayer, if we're bringing up someone else, it better be to pray for them, mm -hmm. not to call out their sin and claim that we're a lot better because we're not necessarily better. We've got mistakes, too. We need God's mercy, too. Right, yeah. And so this idea then, praying in a spirit of holiness, that when we pray, uh, not that we are somehow to invoke the Holy Spirit when we pray. And I, I have not found the scripture that tells us how to do that but that we are to be holy in our mindset, holy in our attitude, holy in our lives. When we come to God and in prayer, that, that the way we're living should match the way that we're, we're praying, because God knows. That makes sense. Any other thoughts there? I mean, my only other thought is that, it, it, again, to, to say again that we want to make sure that we don't understand this verse to mean something that would contradict with another portion of Scripture. Yeah, and, and so with that thought in mind, uh, there's another passage I think goes hand in hand with this, and that's in Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, and we begin in verse 17. Now, this is the end of the Christian armor, and I think you know, most, most Bible students are at least on some level, even if in a passing one, familiar with the idea of the Christian armor, taking unto you the, the whole armor of God, you know, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and your loins girt about with truth, having the, the sword of the Spirit and all, and all of those things. So beginning in verse 17, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, which it's interesting here, by the way, you know, all of these symbolic elements in the ar armor, Paul tells you what they are. The sword of the Spirit, that's the Word of God. That's the Bible. Uh, and so this is the sword which belongs to the Spirit, the sword which is produced by the Spirit. Um, 
And then verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, the utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Uh, and so in verses 19 and 20, Paul has some very specific prayer requests for himself. And I'm going to chase this rabbit for just a minute. Notice what that prayer request is. Number one, that he might have the courage and the boldness to speak the gospel. Number two, that when he speaks, he might speak in such a way that people know the gospel. It's one thing to speak truth. It's quite another to speak truth in such a way that people understand it. And then number three, uh, he's asking that he might speak as he ought to speak. And I think this has to do both with that he ought to speak, but also in the manner that he speaks. You know, earlier in this book, he talked about speaking the truth in love. And, and that, you know, that prayer, that needs to be our prayer for ourselves, doesn't it? That we have the courage to speak, that we speak so that people can understand, and we speak as we ought to, that we speak in love, and we speak not to win arguments, but to win souls. Yeah, it's certainly possible to say the right thing, but in the wrong way. Absolutely. So that was free. Uh, we've we killed that rabbit. Uh, verse 18. Uh, talks about praying always with all prayer and supplication. The King James here says, the capital S Spirit. Uh, what does the New King James have there? Uh, the New King James has, in verse 18, capital S Spirit. Yeah, and so kind of interesting, again, here in the original text, uh, the definite article, the word the, does not occur before Spirit. Uh, so it simply says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So the question is, is this a command uh, to always be praying in the Holy Spirit? If so, how? Or is this saying that we need to, again, have that spiritual mind when we pray? And, you know, having that, that mindset, you know, that, that we're always praying. And, you know, the, the King James here um, carries the idea, you know, praying with all prayer, that is, making requests uh, with all supplication. And this is, uh, again, a, an intensified request, a, a specific ask, and that these things that we're asking are for all saints, for, for all Christians. And specifically, verse 19, Paul says, for me, this is what I want you to ask for me. We need to be praying for one another as the body of Christ. And, you know, when we have that spiritual mindset, when we pray for one another, and we're thinking that we are all members of the same body, uh, that we are united by the blood of Christ, that we all ought to have the same mind and that same love one for another. It becomes very hard for us to hold grudges and get upset about things and let 
pettiness divide the body? And so having that spiritual mindset and praying for one another in that way uh, is, is, is what's commanded here, that we as soldiers in the army were to have one another's backs in the Lord's army. Uh, you know, and, and, and again, it's interesting, the Christian army is based on the Roman armor. And that's one thing that our modern armies have that the Roman army did not have. And that was armor on their back. Uh, because they were not to turn their back to the enemies. Uh, now they could turn their back to one another, uh, fighting in close quarters, and they did that. And, and they fought together and protected one another. And isn't that what we're supposed to be doing when we face the enemy? Well, absolutely. And uh, certainly that, that should involve prayer and having that, that spiritual mindset when we pray for one another, when we pray for the spread of the gospel, when we pray for the work that we are doing. And so these are the only two passages that specifically mention praying in spirit or praying in a spirit of holiness or in the Holy Spirit, if you will. And so this is an, an alternate translation that fits with the original Greek text. It is a valid translation, and it's one that I would submit makes a lot more sense. That's something that I know how to do. That's something that I can do. You have any other thoughts to add there, brother? You know, I think you covered it, and I mean, really, when we pray, don't we want to pray with the right attitude anyway? You know, in in James chapter 4, mm -hmm. uh, let me see if I can get there so I don't misquote it. You yeah. know, James chapter 4, you know, where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and you do not have. You murder and covet and, and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. You know, the whole idea was they didn't have the right attitude. Mm. And their lives didn't back up what they were proclaiming. And so they, they, they were praying for things, but they weren't getting them. They didn't have the right attitude. Gotta have you know, a spirit what, of holiness. What's our attitude? Absolutely. And you know, that, that challenges me sometimes. You know, when I think about the the time and the place where where we live we are very very blessed uh to live at this time in in this country and uh that's that's just a fact i mean we have wealth we have freedom we have privilege that most in not just the world but in all of time will never know you know and it's really easy to get bogged down in materialism and and you know what i've got to be careful of is is materialism causing me to ask amiss in my prayers? Yeah. Is it keeping me from having the spirit of holiness that I need to have yeah. and when I pray? Absolutely. And it's, it's kind of interesting, especially right now, you know, because with all of the supply chain issues and the shortages, and it's, it's funny, you know, looking at the articles, uh, you know, people talking about, you know, start your Christmas shopping now because there's going to be shortages of bread and water and toilet paper. And I'm thinking, what is a plastic electronic gizmo going to help 
when you don't have those things. Well, and if they know there's going to be the side point, if they know there's going to be a shortage, can't they prepare for it? <laughs> yeah, there's that too. You know? I mean, completely off topic, but <laughs> I, I need to build a bigger barn. That's what it is. <laughs> you know, wasn't there someone in the in, in Luke's account of the gospel that did that? Maybe, yeah, you know. Uh, but and it, it's it's hard because. You know, I, I don't want to do without. I don't want to, to suffer. I don't want to deal with a persecution. Uh, but we need to be sure that the blessings that we ask for, the blessings that we receive, that we use them to the glory of God and not just selfishly squander them. And that's that, that's a real challenge, I think, for, for, for us here in this country now. I know it is for me. It's definitely for me. All right, so praying in a spirit of holiness. If you have any other ideas, if you think we're flat wrong, uh, if there's something we haven't considered, drop us a line, let us know. Uh, we, we'd love to, to consider that and, and, and talk about it. You know, we want to study and learn and, and grow, and, and hopefully we've been able to challenge your thinking on this. Uh, so next time, uh, Lord willing, we will talk about... Uh, the spirit and prayer a little bit more and we're going to get into Romans chapter 8 so until next time Amen.